What is up, Mod School Pod fans? I'm Amy Jacobs. And I'm Patty Cryer. And together we welcome you to Mod School Pod, where class is always in session. Hey, Amy. Hey, Patty. Well, here we are back on our podcast, still in a pandemic. And last time we talked about the effect that this situation has had on education as a whole. And today we're going to explore the topic of combining education and parenting or at-home learning. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest today and my favorite Americana artist, Mr. John Kemp, who also happens to be a board member of Hill Country Educational Leadership. Hello, John. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Thanks for joining us from thanks afar. For, thanks for having me. I was just thinking about how cool this is that we can, that we have the technology where we can be in different houses in different states and we can connect on this platform. And be in the same room, right? And be in the same room. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So last week I visited with John briefly and we were talking about resources for schooling and the conversation began um, more casually and he shared with me his personal experience as a parent, sort of what he thought this was supposed to look like and his struggle with how he thought he was supposed to make it work. And then at some point he threw up his hands and said, this is not, this is just not working for my family. And so if you would, John, Share that story, how your perspective started and how you changed and how you sort of surrendered to the process here. Do you mind sharing? Yeah, no, I'm happy to. Um, so we're in the, the Nashville public school system and we were, you know, sort of not prepared for any of this, like most people. And, and equally, the schools weren't really prepared for it. So when all, when all of this happened in the shutdown, started happening on a global scale, you know, everyone is, is tr- doing their best to try to figure out, okay, how can we continue to educate kids and keep them engaged with other social activities? And our particular school system did, did not have a mandated curriculum in place, nor do, do I mean, they still don't. So my wife and I were trying to create a schedule and a curriculum for our kids. And so we were, you know, Google searching things and trying to piece things together to make it feel like a regular school day. And, you know, we had blocks and, and they had a schedule and we printed them out and put them on the refrigerator. You know, we were trying to follow this rigid formula and this rigid pattern and this rigid lifestyle uh, to try to, I guess, bridge the gap and make things feel quote unquote normal. But we were finding that it requires a different kind of discipline from the parent or parents and the kids to be able to do that. And, you know, like a lot of, you know, I mean, kids are, are at home from school and a lot of parents aren't able to go to work either. And so trying to figure out how to balance a parent or parents being able to work and being able to find a flow where you're able to work and teach your kids and 
monitor your kids to make sure that you're doing those things. I mean, it's almost an impossible task to figure out that balance and that flow. And for us, you know, we were two weeks into this and we just, we felt like we were coming up against a wall. The kids didn't seem happy. They seemed totally checked out. And there's this weight that you feel as a parent, you know, you want your kids to, you know, you, you want them to feel like they're being like you're stimulating their brain and that they're staying engaged. But what we were doing was not working and we were just trying to, we were defaulting to what has kind of always been the norm. And so two really key things for me that, that were a game changer. One was surrendering or becoming comfortable with, with, abandoning the thing that was the most familiar, which was a very rigid schedule because I grew up in a, going to a public school, you know, from eight to three or whatever those times are. And so I just had to become okay with, well, maybe we'll only do things for two or three hours a day, but we'll really try to stay engaged. And so, you know, surrendering and becoming comfortable with not, feeling like I had to just keep my thumb on them all day. That, that was one of the things that changed. And then the second thing was asking for help. So I reached out to my parents who were both retired educators and we were able to, um, to bring them into the fold. And, you know, there, there are a couple of subjects that, um, that they taught. And so being able to implement them, into the routine you know it's great for my kids because they get to spend time with grandparents and my parents get to spend time with their grandkids while they're learning and it's just been a it was like that was really the turning point for us so can you say more about how you employed your grand your the grandparents in this scenario (laughs) sure um i just asked them you know i just i told them that what I felt like we were doing wasn't working and that I felt like my kids could really benefit from, from their expertise on certain subjects. And it also creates a different kind of accountability for my kids because my, my, my relationship with my kids is obviously very different than their relationship with their grandparents. And you know, if a parent is constantly see, there's never really a switch between like what's real life and what's school, because if you're doing quote unquote school in the home, you know, if it's like, um, we'll make your bed. Oh, now get on your math. I mean, those two things, they overlap. So there's constantly this, this parental influence of being the, not only the educator, but also being the the disciplinary enforcer and it's really you can't look those lines are too blurred so it's you know if you're telling them to you know for lack of better words do their chores and at the same time telling them you know this is how you do this math equation or you know do this particular thing regarding this subject it's all kind of the same and so at the end of the day you know the kids are like man you've just been on my case all day telling me what to do, you know, because they can't necessarily differentiate 
the two things, the, the sort of life family chore type things versus the educational school type things. It's very, you know, I, I've not figured out a way to separate the two. If you're doing, you know, home in school and you're the parent and, you know, doing these things. So that's why it was such, I mean, not only was it a positive, has it, not only has it been an, a positive experience, like on a, on a very basic personal you know, family level because of the the grandparent and the grandchild relationship interaction. But it also gives them a break from me telling them what to do. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I mean, I would feel exhausted by man. I've been telling, you know, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been on their case all day. I've been telling them what to do all day. Um, Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's going around. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just very, it's very hard to separate those things. And so, um, yeah, that was the biggest game changer for us is just implementing, you know, some different people and, you know, you can almost view it as almost like a, a barter system. I mean, I've, I've reached out to other friends to say, Hey, you know, is there anything that I can offer your kids? You know, I might have a skill that, you know, one of you know, some of my friends' kids might need. And so I've offered that um, as sort of like a, you know, a barter, like, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's diverse, let's diversify our time here. And, you know, if I can offer this skill, then I can, I can fill in this gap. And if you can offer this skill, you can fill in that gap. And it sort of becomes this almost like communal virtual co-op where people are sort of splitting duties. That way it's not, you know, just like one parent just bearing down all day. And I, I love that you said that. And, you know, if you look at the work of our nonprofit, if you go to our website, the cover page is a bridge. And so what a great example of a bridge. And so you're, it's connecting people to a, to something bigger than themselves. So I love two things that really stood out to me. One, I love the grandparent connection because it's generational bridges and this has been an opportunity for everybody to slow down in so many areas. And, and I know that there's a lot of just isolation and loneliness being felt, but what a great connector and what a, a, a great way for people to uh, use this as a way to bridge generationally. So I, I love that. And then I also, of course, love the, the bridging, just sharing of services and working together for the greater good. And if there's something you can help your friends or their their kids. I mean, what a great way to just keep that community spirit alive. And I I love that. Sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and I, you know, it's not lost on me that I'm, that I'm in a a fortunate situation because I, I know that there are people out there that don't have people that they can reach out to. They don't, you know, maybe their parents aren't alive anymore or they're un willing or unable to to offer that service so i'm you know i consider our situation uh to be you know a, you know I'm, I'm fortunate in 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 that regard that my parents can offer the skill that they're available and willing to do that um so that you know it it's it's a, a fortunate situation that i realize that not everyone is gonna have yeah so, you know, 
that's what we do though is we use the resources that we have at our disposal absolutely and it probably is giving giving people a, a new idea into an area to reach into and, and look for some support that way so another thing that i wanted to follow up we talked on our last podcast we talked about uh, it's funny you mentioned it we talked about the default for home learning is people tend to be frozen in where how school was when they were in school and so it was really interesting you said that your default was to a rigid schedule because that's what you knew from from your formal schooling your sure. K through 12 so it, you you reiterated our point so that was that was great um so i i want to follow up to everything you said what a what a great perspective and thank you for sharing i think the one that everyone can relate to is i thought it was going to be this and this was my plan, but I had to just stop and say, this is not working for my family and make it work for my family. And I think that that's the message to educators. We have to realize every family situation is different. Every home situation is different. And we've got to allow families the opportunity to figure out what works for them and, and make the best of it. And so I'm, I'm glad you shared that perspective. But uh, a follow-up question. So you sound like you, you and your family have really turned this into a positive experience and it's going to be something that your kids remember, your, their grandparents remember, you guys remember. What is something that you hope when our students do return to school? We know it may not look exactly like it did before, but we feel like at some point they will return to a physical school campus. So from what you've experienced in your family and your, your children, what are you hoping that school leaders could, what could they take from this to maybe embrace some of that? You know, our entire purpose of this podcast is to show what schools could be. So what's something you would, if you were to give advice to a school leader in your community, what could they do to really embrace some of the positive that you all have experienced from this? Well, I've, I've been thinking about this actually. And I, I think that without really having the, the secret formula to implement it in theory. I, I think two things. I think that if schools looked at the way that their, their layout was each day in terms of scheduling and, and all the material that they try to cover in one day, I think that I would look at, you know, I would look at the subjects and I, I think I would look at them more like, by a week or maybe two a week instead of trying to cram six or eight different things into a day. And I, I think I would spend time on, um, you know, like let's say math and English is one week and then, you know, science and history is the next week. And, and I think that I would try to cover a lot of the teaching at the beginning of the week and then, allow the kids to kind of find a rhythm and a flow that works at school and at home throughout the week. And that way, I think teachers, at least in theory, would have more time to um, they would have like more like one on one time as kids are working through their assignments during the day to sort of tutor and answer questions that way. That way it breaks up it, two things. It breaks up the rigid schedule every day that the kids have to go through. And it also does not inundate them with so much information. Um, 
in that way get hired off this podcast to be a a school leader somewhere this 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 is good stuff this is good stuff well so it came to me because i feel like the schools need to have a more integrated system to be a so so that the flow the workflow from home and school is more um harmonious for lack of better words because like let's say if this god forbid a situation like this happens again i think if there's a situation if there's a flow between school and home then it's not then then this kind of situation it doesn't it's not so alarming because they're used to sort of doing things on their own they're learning how to manage their time so that they arrive at the finish line at the end of the week with whatever criteria and you know assignments have been um you know that they have to cover that week so that's one thing is i i would i would break the thing up and then i sort of touched on i sort of prefaced with the second thing that i would do is that i think there needs to be that integrated system where it's not homeschool but it is this sort of workflow between school and home so that so that, like I said, God forbid this happens again, there's not such a disruption. And also, you know, some kids aren't privy to, to, to technology. I mean, I'm sure that my, my kids probably have classmates who don't have the Internet at their house. And so it can't all be online learning. It, it can't be because there are kids that just don't have access to the technology. And if we're in a shutdown that they can't go to a public library or somewhere that might have that. So it needs to be some sort of tangible um, workflow that happens sort of between the school and the home. That, that's what I think I would like to see happen. Well, those are two great takeaways. And I, I would say that flexible schedule and integrated system. And those are both key to a, um, just like you talked about, a more harmonious experience for everybody involved. So those are, that was excellent, excellent. So thank you for sharing that, John. And just one more question around that whole story. Sure. Have you guys found your rhythm at this point? I think that we have. And honestly, I think that rhythm is not really having a rhythm. We would like to arrive at this place at like the end of the day, (laughs) but we don't have the alarm set at eight o'clock and at the, you know, at the kitchen table by eight 30 for breakfast. And, you know, it's, it's not like that. I mean, the only two things that are, that are sort of like etched in stone are the calls. So the, the, the things that we're outsourcing just, you know, for, for people who maybe are searching for ideas. So on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, my kids have FaceTime calls with my mom for English and reading and my dad for math. Mm -hmm. And because of the math that my youngest son is doing, they're actually doing calls five days a week now, but they're shorter calls. Um, And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have music lessons that are like 30 minutes. uh, They're like 30 minutes long. So those are the things that are kind of etched in stone, but again, sort of finding comfort in the flexibility, you know, if, if, you know, I didn't get lunch made on time, 
then I'll text my dad and say, Hey, we need to make it two fifteen instead of two. And then we do it then. So it's not, there aren't these like rigid times that we're trying to connect to every day. So our flow is abandoning, is abandoning flow. And that's where we found a really good rhythm is by being completely non-rigid about things. So could I, could I rephrase that or reframe that by saying you're letting go of control just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you summed up the five minutes of me just spewing at the mouth and, you know, a, a very elegant uh, one sentence. So that's exactly what it is. So tell me this, um, what is the small takeaway for school, school admins, parents? What would, what would you see as a good piece of uh recommendation i suppose as a small takeaway with your experience with your kids and schooling Uh, i would probably say two things i would say being willing to ask for help and also being willing to offer help those are the two things i mean i think that we can get really as parents you know we feel this natural responsibility for our kids livelihood and a lot of times we we want to protect that and keep it, you know, close to our chest. And, you know, this is my duty. They're my obligation. They're my responsibility. And that is true. All of that is very true, but being willing to serve others and help others. If there's, you know, if there's a skill that, you know, other people can benefit from that's, those are the two things I would say. Knowing that you could outsource, not only help from others, but offer your own, that is definitely participating in a sort of, Something bigger than yourself. Sure. Means of, sure. Of getting through all of this. So this sure. has been a lovely conversation, John. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I'm so happy. You have so happy to be with you guys. Well, it's just, it's great to hear because we can talk about just what we know from parents, what we've heard from parents, what we have experienced as parents ourselves, all of those things. So it's great to hear perspective. And I think that you touched on so many things today that so many parents can relate to in just taking the pressure off themselves. And so I love the advice you shared. I love the advice you shared for parents and for administrators as well. And so why not use this experience to make schools better and which lines into our, what could schools be? And so I think you, you gave us quite a bit of firsthand information and experience that could definitely take schools in a positive direction. We appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. And and I hope so. And I agree that this is a really, this is a, you know, this time could really be seen as a gift to really create some really beautiful things from, from this experience. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. Agreed. All right, John, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, class dismissed. Mod School Pod, moving schools closer to Mod, one podcast at a time.